podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Tour Report from Secret Golf is back. This is our podcast for the Valero Texas Open this week. Hi, I'm Diane knox Bayless, and Steve Elkington will be here soon. How did you get on last week with your bracket for the WGC Dell Technologies match play? My bracket was busted pretty quickly. I had, um, I had Daniel Berger as my eventual winner and I sat watching it on Sunday and was like, why didn't I pick Scotty Scheffler? Like, really? Now number one in the world, his third victory in his last five starts, which is amazing. So a fantastic run of form for Scheffler, who is, well, the greatest in the world now, which is crazy. I mean, it must be so surreal for him to think that. And he said that he wasn't going to believe it until he saw it actually written in the rankings on Monday morning. So he better believe it now. We have the big one coming up next week with the Masters at Augusta National. And well, we're going to have loads going on and of course, a lot to talk about. So that will be next week. But this week, well, the final chance for someone to cement their place in the field for the Masters. It's the Valero Texas Open at TBC San Antonio. And well, the field is looking pretty good yeah i mean this is the second week we're going to be in texas this one particularly uh diane i know a fair bit about i played this tournament many times of course greg norman designed this course over there at tpc really hard golf course and meaning that it's sort of it's perched up on a hill you can see almost all of san antonio when you're up there beautiful place beautiful hotel but the wind diane is blowing so hard this week it's blowing here today in houston it's supposed to be 40 miles an hour on wednesday and then it's only going to just drop a little bit on thursday to 28 20 and the problem that the guys are going to face this week is this course is so narrow in places that they're really you don't really hit it in the rough you you're either fairway or you're a lost ball you're you remember you remember famous Kevin Nye when he was on the ninth hole and he took like a 15. Remember, he was in over the trees and he couldn't get it out. Yeah, he's so thick that with these crosswinds, I'm having a hard time with this list today. I'm, I'm looking for players, Diane. Normally, sometimes I can throw uh, statistics out the window in some regards. You know, we've talked about that a lot on our show. Mm-hmm. But this week, I am absolutely looking at driving accuracy uh, because you just cannot even play the golf course. You won't find your ball. Okay. Well, going back to those wins, there's been a, a large discrepancy in that winning score, mainly because of the wins. So looking at years where it's been especially windy, like 2016 and 2017, minus 12 was the winning score. But then in 2019, when Corey Connors won, that was 20 under par. So, but there was a lot of rain that year. So the course was uh, pretty soft. However, yeah, the wind, as you say, you're in Texas, you know what the weather's like. That wind has picked up. And when you look back at past champions here, guys that play well in the wind have done well. You know, Texans, you look at Jordan Spieth, who is in as defending champion. I saw Martin Laird, who's the Scotsman, who's won here before as well. So... There's a a great field, a good mix of players, and it's the 100th anniversary of this tournament, which is fantastic. But Jordan Spieth is obviously going to be teeing it up to defend Rory McIlroy after skipping the match play last week. He's there to really tune up his game before Augusta National. Bryson DeChambeau, I mean, we still don't really know what's going on there. Hideki Matsuyama, all these guys in the field. And then, of course, there's still that one place open for the winner 
to stamp their place at the Masters next week. So a lot to play for for the majority of the field. Yeah, and a lot of times um, you'll find that when you have a field that's stacked with uh, sort of guys that aren't going next week, they, they know that they've sort of got their holiday or whatever they're doing next week when they're not playing the Masters. This is a last big push. I mean, this is a play. You know, this is where they, you can push a bit more more than normal. So I'm looking at guys that are in form. You noted there that talking about Jordan Spieth, the defending champion. We didn't have him on our board last year because you remember Diane that he wasn't playing very well, and this, this was his first win that he had in a few years. And he had to prove to himself, not us. He had to prove to himself that he could drive it good, and he did that. But he really hold all the key parts down the stretch last year. And that was, he just sort of, you know, blinked his eyes and went back to what he does when he wins. You know, he just makes parts and, and just scrambles and gets it done. Um, Bryson DeChambeau with all that speed. I just, I'm not on that horse this week. Roy McIlroy must be thinking about the Grand Slam. What sort of form will he be looking to see this week? Big win, not necessarily the best preparation for the Masters, although, Someone like Rory was just looking to play four rounds. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's trying to win. Um, I'm a little surprised you didn't mention your boy Robert McIntyre, the left-hander from Scotland. Who this is going to be real Scottish weather, although it's going to be warm. Fourth in uh, accuracy. Well, you haven't you haven't told me your picks yet, but fourth in uh, <laughs> yeah, fourth in putting and fourth in uh, in scrambling. It's going to be so key uh, around this course this week. So you are going to miss a ton of greens because it's windy. It blows 30, 40 miles an hour, really exposed up on top of a hill, up on top of a hill. So you, you do think of a Jordan Speeth like game. You have to. Um, is he seems to me, I watched him pretty close last week in the in the preliminary rounds. It looks like he's working on his swing. He's always doing that. You know, you don't see guys, you know, like uh, well, you don't you, you don't see you know, Justin Thomas changing his swing a lot. Of course, he's not playing Rory. We see Tinkers with his a little bit. But it seems like Jordan makes some pretty extreme changes and it looks to me like he's overdone what he's been working on a little bit on his outside in move and it looks like he's not quite in the sweet spot there. Oh, man. Well, of course, he didn't progress through the group stages. So we'll be on the lookout for that this week before he heads to Augusta National. Um, you mentioned Robert McIntyre. He's already in the field for next week, but... Um, going back to this course, it's the Oaks course at TBC San Antonio, just shy of seven and a half thousand yards. So it's a long course, par 72. As you say, Greg Norman designed and uh, he had a little bit of help from Sergio Garcia. Uh, it's interesting that Sergio's only ever played this tournament once um, at this course and missed the cut. <laughs> so I don't know what that tells you. But as we've talked about, um, narrower fairways, tree lined. I mean, the rough around the greens is not really up by any means. The greens are well below tour average when it comes to hitting the greens but easier than average scrambling conditions I was with my brother Russell Knox this weekend and I said to him um, we were talking about the course he said that he's always kind of finished middle of the pack here but he's never felt so confident about his game which I thought was great to hear but he said you have to drive it straight keep it in the fairway and you have to putt really good so there's a that that's a little look at the formula that I'm going to be going with for my picks this week anyway yeah I mean Russell's correct I mean, he. I look down this board here and, uh, you know, Russell Knox um, has incredible stats. I mean, when you think about a top five driving accuracy off the tee, that's really important to take note of because let's face it, it doesn't 
parlay into big money every week. I mean, if I was top three in driving accuracy going to San Diego, it doesn't mean much because, you know, Rory hits it 70 yards past me or 50 yards past me. He might be in the rough, doesn't matter. Or Tiger back in the day, they, uh, accuracy wasn't as key. But when you get to a course like this, then I'm, I'm really shuffling through these, Diane, to look see who actually is very accurate. Okay. Well, there's a few names that I want to talk about. I know we haven't picked them, but it's worth noting at the start. Um, people call this the Charlie Hoffman Open because he's the event's overall money leader. Finished second last year. There was no tournament in 2020 because of COVID, but he finished second in 2019. He won in 2016. He hasn't... Barkley! Oh my gosh. <laughs> He hasn't missed the cut in his 15 starts here, which is just amazing. So we don't have much form from Hoffman currently. However, he's definitely going to be on a lot of people's boards this week just because of his past success at this course. Yeah, and, and when you're a tour player, Diane, and you go to a venue like this and you think about, well, what's my form? How am I playing? You know, if I'm a straight hitter like your brother, for example, I don't have your brother pick this week, although I had him at the Players' Championship as one of my players to watch, and he certainly was a player to watch. Uh, you think, well, do I have to be that great this week or am I just going to be better than all the other guys that are playing this week that don't drive it straight? Sometimes you don't have to do all that much more to get yourself in position in, in events like this. Now, when we talk about in position, you know, you and I, we pick – who we think is going to win the tournament, who we, who we think is going to sort of someone play to watch. And then we, and then we try to pick someone that's, you know, up and coming, that's uh, a dark horse, you know, basically over 150 to one. So I've got my picks loaded up. I'm pretty good on what's happening for me this week. Well, I have mine too, but there's one other name that I'm just going to come out, come out with right off the bat because when we did our sheet this week, which you can get our full sheet with all of our stats on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, just go to media and then the handicap report and you'll find it. But the guy that came out at number one when we juggled everything around was Rasmus Hogard. Now, I said to you, don't worry, I've got him covered. I know a little bit about him because he has an identical twin brother called Nikolai. They're only 21 years old. They, um, I think it was Rasmus that won on the European tour when he was 18. And the two of them um, went back to back consecutive wins um, last year. So that was a really cool story. But these guys are being touted as like the next big stars when it comes to the European Ryder Cup team. And Rasmus got in because he finished sixth at the Corrales Punta Cana last week. So he's been playing pretty good and his numbers are really good, especially putting and greens in reg. Uh, great scrambling stats too but he's a hundred to one so I was a little bit mad at myself for making my dark horse pick and then finding out that he jumped all the way to the top of our re-ranking but Rasmus Hogard is definitely on our radar this week well Rasmus Hogard is not on my list yet but I'm glad you gave me that backstory and by the way the European tour will need some superstars to step into the limelight real quick because Scotty Scheffler the now the number one player in the world was a captain's pick only a few months ago so <clears throat> team Euro is looking pretty, uh, pretty the uh, they, need, they need they need some help um, <laughs> yes of course he's he shuffled his way to the top on very limited stats but I think the true uh, you know the true tourist stats this week of the guys that have played bigger sample size is where I'm really focused this week yeah right okay well we're going to do our outright favourite then a one to watch and a dark horse pick 
So, well, Elk, let's start with your outright favourite. Yeah, I, you know, this guy um, won this tournament and you, you had told me that he Monday qualified for this not too many years ago. And then I think you and I were at the Masters the next week and we ran into his wife at the pro shop and they were just having the biggest time and we were so happy for him. But yeah, Corey Connors was a semifinalist last week. He knows this golf course, but anyone who knows uh, Corey Connors understands how straight he hits the ball and he's won on this course and he you know, he's blitzed this course when he did win and he's in good form. So it's it's no surprise to you, I'm sure, that I am leaning very heavily on driving accuracy this week and probably probably one of the straightest hitters out there other than answer is Corey Connors. The only reason I'm picking Corey Connors is he is he is the straightest. Even though he's 41st, there's other guys I've picked this week, but in the top players, he's the straightest. So I've got Corey Connors this week. I think, uh, you know, he's got a little bit more left on the table. He's only won uh, one time, right, at, at the Texas Open. He's been close a ton of times in majors. He had a great Masters last year. Yep, Corey Connors. Okay, plus 1,800. And he looked great in that consolation match against DJ on Sunday. So I like it. He was going to be my outright favourite, but instead I'm going with someone at slightly higher odds at plus 3,500. Now, this guy is actually the highest ranked player in the official world golf rankings who's playing this week, who's not in the Masters field. So... I think that that's got to be a little bit of a driving factor for Maverick McNeely. I had picked him uh, to do really well in my bracket last week for the match play. And he started off great. He won eight and six over Neiman, two and one over Henley. He lost in a playoff with Kevin Na to progress out of his group. But his game looked fantastic looked in great shape and you know he's a big hitter this is a long course I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do it's his tournament debut that was the only thing that was giving me a little bit of a question mark but um he's putting great so I was taking what my brother said very seriously and if Maverick McNeely can just keep it in play you know hit those fairways Make the putts at plus 3,500. I thought that was very good odds for a guy who's uh, definitely got the drive and motivation to make it to Augusta next week. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with everything you said. He's going to win. I mean, he's not in Scotty Scheffler territory yet where, where we were sort of all saying, well, it's only going to be a matter of time before Scheffler wins and then bang, bang, bang. Uh, Maverick McNeely's been on a lot of people's radar for quite a bit here. He, he was one of the best players that ever played at Stanford won everything um, coming through college. And he, he came out on tour really slow. And now he's just starting to get get organized and it's good to see. Mm -hmm. Okay. So moving on to our ones to watch. Do you want me to go first with this one? Yeah. Yep. Well, this guy has got better odds than Maverick McNeely, but I'm keeping him as my one to watch. But Chris Kirk at plus 2,500. Now, I've got the feeling I'm not going to be the only one on Kirk this week because he has the eighth best scoring average at TBC San Antonio. Finished um, in a tie for sixth here last year. In 2018 and in 2015, he finished in eighth place. Now, I'm not just going by that because he's actually playing really good and his name has been up on leaderboards on Sundays a lot recently. Finished fifth at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, seventh at the Honda, 14th at the WM Phoenix Open. And I've been looking at his numbers of late, which are just great. Tee to green, top 10, um, playing around the green. He's in the top 20. So Chris Kirk, it's... Um, 
It's a brilliant story just watching just how his game has, he, he had his personal problems and really had to fight to keep his card. He had to finish, I think, solo second in a tournament. I can't remember which one, but he did it. And since then, his game has just been on the rise. And um, yeah, I think it's been brilliant to watch and I would love to see it end with a victory and a master's place for Chris Kirk. <laughs> yeah, it's a good story. I know Chris. He's very calm. He's so calm when he plays golf and it looks like his swing is pretty, you know, pretty smooth and easy. And I think nothing really, I saw him playing good at Pebble Beach. You noted all the places he played well at. And um, I like, I like that guy a lot. My pick, Diane, I was on this guy heavy. And I, sometimes what happens is I, I try to get these guys when they're on the rise. And I've been talking about this kid to you for ages. I sat with him at the colonial last year. We had some, we had lunch uh, through a, through a friend of, uh, mine who's who's been following him since he was a kid and he finally did what I thought he was going to do at the Valspar and that's Matthew Nesbitt he finished third shot 61 I think in the middle of that week maybe Friday or Saturday 61 um, this guy has always been regarded by all the other guys as this is the guy you want to go watch if you want to see how to hit it you know good with the irons good swing and he's just been sort of paddling around down below, not really doing anything, and then bang, Valspar. I think I, I think I heard one of the commentators say that he had made a pact with himself or something. Because like I'm done being anxious about the tour. I'm done thinking about this. I'm done thinking about that. I'm just going to go play. And sometimes Diane on tour, you young players finally do get to the stage where they just get it. They just click in and they become a tour player where they're actually competing and doing sort of what they supposed to do play the way you're supposed to do think the way you're supposed to not worry about everything all that anyway uh so i'm i'm still riding i think he's got room to grow in this on on this form coming off a third place he's very comfortably in the fedex he doesn't have to think about that great striker the wind is right up his alley it's perfect for him matthew nesbitt Okay, very good pick. You're right. You, uh, I remember the week after you had that lunch uh, with him, you were raving about him and he's been someone that's definitely been on our radar. He played great at the uh, Valspar and it was unfortunate for him. I mean, he was up against Sam Burns, who when, you, when it's all said and done, was an extremely worthy winner to go back to back. But yeah, we saw some good stuff from him. And this tournament, Diane, also starts with a V. So there's another... another- oh. <laughs> I keep confusing it. I keep saying Valspar. Uh, what odds have we got this week for Matthew Neesmith? Uh, 150 to 1, which is really good odds for a guy that just come third, you know, at a really hard golf course uh, down in Innisbrook. Okay. Right. So then we move on to our dark horse picks. He could have been yours because they just have to be over 100 to 1. Um, my guy is... 130 to 1. Now, when I was doing my research on this course, a lot of people were drawing comparison between TBC and San Antonio and the Corrales Punta Cana event that we saw last week. So I was like, oh, that's a good place to start. And I am going with Brian Stewart, who just finished in a tie for seventh in Punta Cana. Now, Brian Stewart has had a real upsurge in form lately, and he finished 16th at the Valspar, 9th at the Honda. These are really good. He is known for being not a long hitter, but very accurate. Second on the PGA Tour in driving accuracy. And 
he is he lives in Texas, so the wind thing he's gonna get. Finished fourth here in 2019. So I think Brian Stewart is on the rise. And I'm not saying he's gonna win this week, but I think he would be good for a top ten. So at plus 130, uh, sorry, 13,000, I guess is the way to say it. But Brian Stewart is my dark horse pick. Yeah, I like you picked the Texan here. Got that 10-fingered grip, which when you when you notice that, you may not notice it, but it gives you a lot more wrist action through the ball. And you said it, number two in driving accuracy. That's incredible. Um, my pick, Diane, is uh, 250 to one this week, but I've got a pretty good story here on my guy too. The only the only guy better than your number two is this guy who's number three in accuracy. I'm, I'm going heavy, as you know, already with guys that are playing well. He finished 28th last week in... Uh, the Corrales Punta Cana. Yeah, there we go. He's a little bit outside of the FedEx Cup. He's at 136th right now, which I like. I mean, he doesn't like it, but I like it because that that tells me he's got plenty of – he's in form. He's number three in driving accuracy, 50th in scrambling, 50-odd in putting, uh, coming off a decent week. Tyler Duncan from down your way, down lives down near your mum and dad in Jack's Beach. Again, I'm looking for guys that are still on the rise, and I'm all over guys that drive it straight. So I'm right, I'm right with the same thinking you are. Okay, and he's been, again, someone else who um, has been playing really, really well lately. He's maybe finished kind of middle of the road, 28th, 25th, 35th, but those are still consistently good results. So Tyler Duncan at 250 to 1 is your dark horse pick, and I like that. Yeah, and I I said something there sort of offhanded or casually. He's 136th in FedEx, and we all know that it takes 125 guys to keep your card for next year. He, he knows more than anyone this would be a great week to sew it up. I mean, getting into the psychology of the guys that are down the list a little bit, I mean, we know that Justin Thomas's or Rory's of the world, they're not thinking about the FedEx Cup until later or whatever. Rory's mind's obviously on Augusta, you know, getting whatever shots he needs for next week, going this week. But when you th- start thinking about guys that are in good form where they're not really under a lot of pressure, like Tyler's not under pressure this week, and either is Brian Stewart. They're not under pressure. Uh, this is an easy week for them, Diane, to do what they do well and just, you know, have a great week. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, then. So my outright favorite is Maverick McNeely. My one to watch is Chris Kirk and my dark horse is Brian Stewart. And you are going for Corey Connors as your outright favorite, Matthew Neesmith as your one to watch, and then Tyler Duncan as your dark horse. El, do you like this course? Was it one that you were a fan of? You know, I, I'm in the camp where uh, when the courses got real narrow, that, that suited me fine. And uh, I knew that if I could, you know, just keep myself together on these big windy. See, the, the tough thing about this course, Diane, is it's, as I said, it's up on a hill and you play sort of over the top of the hill and back across the hill. You finish up almost playing every hole uh, crosswind. Very difficult. So, you know, you've said Brian Stewart was a Texan. You've got to be able to let your ball, aim your ball out into trouble and let it come back with the wind. You can't fight the wind all the time. We're talking about really strong winds here. I mean, we're talking about 40 tomorrow, uh, 40 miles an hour, 45, 40 on Wednesday, and then 30 during the tournament. That's a lot of wind, Diane, when you're up on a hill, open to exposed to all. The, it's just, as I said, it's just rough. Sorry, it's fairways, and then it's all this mesquite, uh, you know, Texas style mesquite sort of foresty 
stuff. So if you go in there, sometimes, as you know, when you think of Augusta, you hit it into the pine trees, you might be able to go in and get a swing and you've got a shot. You may have to punch it. But over there, you can't find your ball. It's lost ball. It's just in, you know, four foot high rough and mesquite bushes. So it's all about hitting fairways, particularly when it gets so windy. And the, as we've talked about, there's that little added motivation this week of the final place at the Masters, which I cannot believe is only a week away. Less than that for you, because you're going to be heading up there at the weekend. I'm going to go up there and have a look around, Diane, next week. Yes, I'll be reporting live for you up there, okay. giving you all the all the you know, the goodies about Augusta. I hear it's great. The course is in great shape. I talked to one of my friends who works at Augusta, said it's shaping up to be, as they say, the best ever. Mm-hmm. I know, we're excited for it. So we'll be back next week. We'll have loads of content, of course, around the Masters, as you would expect. And, well, don't forget, play along this week on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app. We couldn't do it last week because of the match play. So we're going to be back in action for the Valero Texas Open. And as I said, all of our information, that whole sheet is available for you to look at. You can really kind of dive through that as well. Make your picks for your four-ball team and go up against us. It's available on all iOS devices just search for sg tour in the app store and um well have fun win your money and we'll be back next week (laughs) all right thank you diane sports social podcast network